Hello, and welcome to the Zero to Hired podcast, the show that helps struggling job seekers find a career that's right for you. In every episode, we have one mission, to provide you with unique tips and strategies from leading industry experts that will get you in front of hiring managers. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Zero to Hire podcast. This week we have a very special guest, Snigda Astana. She's a technology recruiter, trainer, HR blogger, and a hustler. And she's also a newcomer. So I thought she would be a great fit for the Zero to Hire podcast because she brings an interesting perspective. And the perspective is this, she is a newcomer and she's also uh, somebody who works in the technology recruitment field. So please help me welcome Snigda to the show. Welcome, Signa. Thank you, John. Happy to be here. Yeah, this, this is really exciting. I'm really happy to have you on the Zero to Hired podcast. I know one of the perspectives that you bring to the podcast is, A, you're a newcomer yourself, and you actually landed your first job within 20 days of landing here in Canada. So let's get right into this and tell us a little bit about your, your journey, because I'm sure a lot of listeners, as they're going through the process today, are also interested in you know how can they you know, get into the workforce quickly. Uh, and uh, so just let's start with your, 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 your backstory and, you know, how this all happened for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this happened. So the entire process for me actually started way back 2017. And it was my husband's idea that, oh, you know, let's go to a new country and kind of uh, start, you know, give it a fresh start sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we got our Canadian PR, I think, the most important phase of the entire thing started was um, research. I started doing, I started dedicating, uh, you know, a certain number of hours to research, to a lot of, you know, just understanding what it is, what it's going to take. Uh, For example, I was in human resources uh, slash slash, uh, recruitment. Um, So what are the opportunities there? Just getting a better sense of that. that's when I realized that in order for me to uh, get into the same field here, there's something called the CHRPR license, which is required. Um, so because of that, now that was an educational bit. Um, mm-hmm. I, started, I started contacting the, um, the main board, which gives this um, license. Um, and I, I kind of got a head start of about six months, um, you know, because I took my first exam uh, for the license when I was in India. So this was like a two-part, um, two-part course with like two exams. Um, so the first of which I took in India while I was, you know, uh, working in my job. <laughs> Just you know, one of the days over the weekend, I went, I took the exam, got back, got the results. The first uh, first half of it was done. Um, Following which, after that, I did a lot of um, online courses on resume building, on cultural integration, read lots of blogs, you know, and of course, when I was reading a lot of blogs, there was a lot of negative perspective towards Canada as well, saying that, you know, it's, uh, it's like a fool's paradise and all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just kind of keeping yourself focused and motivated because, you know, you've taken, you've already kind of taken the plunge. You've sort of, you know, you're midway there. Um, so just through, uh, so March is when I landed 
uh, finally in Canada. And just through all of these months, it was just all about keeping that focus and keeping that motivation despite whatever was going around, uh, going on around me, um, despite of whatever I was reading. Um, and just gearing yourself, being very equipped with all the research, uh, you know, what it's going to take, things like that. Yeah. No, so, so this is good. So, yeah, so actually, give me, I just want to step back for one second, because you've said a lot of things so far. So, you, you know, you did a lot of research, you, you did it online. Um, in terms of your research, did you go to any particular websites or uh, any specific industry type sites to learn more about your industry? Yeah, so um, I would just Google all the time. I would read just so many articles, so many blogs. Um, I was also on LinkedIn. I would try to find people, um, you know, who were of Indian origin, who were in, uh, you know, their jobs and just kind of see their timeline, just get a better sense of, you know, how has their journey been so far for them? You know, have it, have they, is, it, is there like a huge gap, you know, where they're not, they were not doing anything and I would just assume they're probably, I don't know, with maybe a survival job or something. So mm -hmm. I just kind of, um, you know, working around all of those things. Um, there's a session, I think, by the Canadian government, um, which is called CIIP, um, that uh, that kind of just takes you uh, through an overview of, of things, uh, of all the provinces in Canada, what you can expect. So I, I attended that. I attended um, a lot of, uh, you know, resume building, cultural integration kind of courses as well. Okay. Uh, to get a better sense of, you know, in, so, so if you look at an Indian resume and if you look at a Canadian resume, it's very different. So just getting examples of what it's supposed to look like, um, what is, you know, how is a workplace, what is the culture um, in a workplace in Canada, um, what that looks like. So just getting a better sense of that. Um, I started doing research on cost of living, so that was very, uh, very important for me. Um, so I had an idea that, you know, I, I understood what the industry standards were for my particular field and what the cost of living in a, in a city like Toronto was. So mm -hmm. when, uh, when I'm going into an interview, how much is reasonable? How much should be my expectations? Uh, and, and just basically knowing your value, because... Uh, a lot of employers, I don't know, you know, it, it, they may kind of make it feel as if, okay, it's your first job, so you have to start right at the bottom, but that's not necessarily true. Okay. No, it, yeah, and if you're walking in with industry knowledge, you yes. know, it, it prepares you better. I know, I know there's websites like Glassdoor that tell you typically what a range for a particular role would be. And I think it's interesting that you actually started with, cost of living and figuring out is this the right move because i think a lot of people based on different information that they're receiving they might think that they actually pay here higher and and depending on the role and industry that you're in it's not necessarily the case and you know people show up and it's like wow this is like a lot less you know like one of somebody i know moved from dubai to, to toronto and they made double the money almost triple the money in dubai that they made here and it's a it's a big wake up call. So that that's a it's a really great place to start. So so once you determined cost of living, the industry, and you research, you know what your typical wage. You were talking about um, you were talking about understanding your net worth or your net value to an organization. 
so what are some of the things that helped you prepare for that? So when you had those conversations, you know, what made those conversations successful for you? Because you did it in 20 days, right? And, and that in itself is a great feat because I know there's people that are out there who are looking for work for months. And, you know, yeah. you, you did it pretty quickly. So when you got in the room, what was that like for you? Yeah, so there are actually a lot of things that go into that, uh, that particular moment, right? Um, so one was obviously uh, when you're in that interview, um, it's very important to kind of, I would say, mold yourself towards to, to you know, that role. So just, you know, dressing perfectly appropriately, having that kind of confidence that, you know, uh, you can do that job. Because I know that coming to a foreign country and not knowing anybody at all and you know it can get intimidating uh but just knowing your word another thing that i worked on was uh neutralizing my accent so if you if you hear an indian uh if you hear a native indian speaker it's a very heavy accent um so that's another thing that i kind of worked on um was trying my best to neutralize it as far as possible mm -hmm. uh, because for me for a recruiter um it's a very very uh client-facing role because you're always on the phone you're always talking and it it may be that um you know at times if you have a very heavy or very thick accent people may not understand completely what you're saying um so it was taking all of those things into consideration um talking about you know the kind of how the kind of work you've done in the past can actually be um leveraged towards that particular role so yeah, so a lot of things, um, a lot of things that go into it. So, so this is good. So how did you, and I'm, and I'm sure people are wondering, how did you learn how to neutralize your accent? Because this is like, and, and there's a lot of newcomers, because I know one of the, I think it's in the top five concerns that we hear from candidates is, you know, is my accent affecting my ability to get the job? And it depends on the role that you're you're going into, and sometimes yes, and sometimes no, depending on what you're doing. I, I think more importantly, communication and being able to get your message across is actually a lot more important. And if you have an accent, but you can still comprehend what the person's saying, then it's okay. So how did you, you know, how did you get into actually neutralizing your accent? What are some of the things that you did for that? So, um, so, so when I was uh, back in India itself, um, when I was working with my last company, because it was a very global kind of a role, I used to be, I used to talk to a lot of people all over the world. So at that point, um, some, so that's how it started for me. Somebody actually pointed out to me that we don't understand what she says. So, so that's when um, I kind of um, started practicing at that point. Um, I started reading out loud, um, oh. you know, just anything, just about anything, just reading out loud and listening to myself when I'm, when I'm reading, of course, um, and just consciously, you know, tweaking certain words, consciously rereading, rereading certain sentences until, you know, it's, it's very, um, I don't know what to, how to put it, but universally understandable. Uh -huh. <laughs> So um, I started doing that. Uh, and of course, um, you know, listening to a lot of um, podcasts, of course, uh, listening to a lot of people who are speaking Native American English, uh, things like that. So I think, I think you kind of just start picking up what you hear over and over again. Um, 
that is one thing. And of course, once you're reading it out loud, you're listening to yourself as well, so you can understand the differences. Yeah. No, and, and that's an important and that's an important activity, just to to listen to yourself and to, yeah. you know, does it make sense to you? <laughs> and I, you know, for, and I think about how I've prepared for presentations and speeches in the past. You know, I, I've recorded things and I've played things back to myself to see what it sounds like. A, mm -hmm. to see if there's comprehension. B, if there's flow. And C, if the person on the other side of the table is really going to understand it. So that's a really great tip. So you, you also said you listen to podcasts. And I know that there's a difference. There's, there's, there's European or UK English. There's American English and there's Canadian English. So from the things that you listen to, does it is there a difference does it make a difference if you listen to either or and the content that you were listening to in podcasts were they specific to the canadian environment so i was listening to like you know a range of stuff um mm. i try to focus on listening to the um the canadian american english uh, particularly but again it was not it was not about um anything in particular it was just for me to kind of hear of course it was on topics that I was fond of or I, you know, I was interested in listening. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't have <laughs> been able to go through the entire podcast. Um, but it was, um, it was a, over a range of things. And just, you know, you would I would concentrate and, and kind of, you know, um, hear how they pronounce certain words and just try to um, adjust and tweak my own um, accent that way. Another thing that I used to do a lot before I used to go for an interview was just look into the mirror and imagine like, you know, I'm the interviewer and the interviewee myself <laughs> and just ask myself questions and, and, um, and, and, you know, speak it just the way I would, uh, you know, over there. Uh -huh. That was another thing. Just, you know, just noticing uh, my body language, uh, my gestures, my tone, my pitch, uh, everything. So I used to do that a lot as well. So this is great. So you've provided us some really valuable insights. Uh, so you've talked about, you know, your first 20 days, what that was like, the, the main resource for your research, which is Google, which is fantastic. I think yeah. people underestimate the power of Google and what you can actually find. Uh, mm -hmm. You talked about, you know, your HR license and, and working on that. And then you gave us some tips around how to practice your English. So this is great. So we're going to take a quick break and we're, we're going to be right back. And we're going to dive in a little bit more because we want to, I want to get some more information from your perspective as a recruiter. What are you looking for in terms of people who are also newcomers? And, and what are some of the things that they could do to improve that particular part of the interview process? So we're going to take a quick short break and we'll be right back. Are you planning to move to Canada and concerned about how you will find your first job? Maybe you're already here and struggling to get that big break. As a newcomer to Canada myself, I knew the best time to be prepared for a job search is before I needed the job. My name is Connell Valentine and I'll be your online course instructor helping you get the job soon after and maybe even before you land in Canada. I'll be sharing my screen while helping you build your brand new Canadian resume that will delight recruiters. We will create a direct email marketing campaign to hiring managers that will make you stand out from your competition. We will then be doing a demo of a real online job application, 
showing you the precise steps you need to follow to quadruple your chances at getting the job interview. And finally, to get the inside info on the vast majority of the hidden job market, I'll show you how real networking is done in Canada. The average salary in Canada is well over $200 per day. Don't waste any more time and money being unemployed while trying to find the right way to job search. Get lifetime access to these courses at the link in the show notes below at courses.zerotohired.com. Use it to get your first job fast and to get your promotional jobs in your future. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Zero to Hire podcast. Our special guest this week is Snigda Ashtana, and she's talking about her newcomer experience, and she brings a unique perspective because she's also a, a, a recruiter in Canada, and she was a recruiter back in her home, her home country, and she's a recruiter here. And she landed here within 20 days, got her job. So welcome, Snigda. We, you know, you've given us some some very practical and insightful information around, you know, resources to use, how you practice your English, but you're also a recruiter. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm the listener and I'm thinking, okay, so that's great. So in terms of information, what are some of the challenges that you see today that you find with newcomers? Um, so I think one of the biggest things with newcomers is, um, is, so, so one of the things that you need to focus on when you're uh, applying or reaching out to a recruiter, let's say on LinkedIn, is that every recruiter has a very different expertise. So for example, for me, um, I look into technology sales, right? So if, if I have a newcomer who reaches out to me, no matter how good they are, but they're in, let's say, engineering, I cannot help mm-hmm. that person. So I think that's very important that before you reach out to an agency or a recruiter, um, you know, uh, with, with the amazing resumes that, you know, and the amazing profiles that they do have, uh, make sure that they, they are in the same industry that, you know, you want to get into. So, so this is good. So let me ask a quick question. So is it different? Like, is a recruiter role different in Canada than it would be back in your home country? So, um, so again, it depends. So in Canada, especially, I've seen that, like, for example, the past three companies now that I've been working at, they're all different recruiters handling different functions. So an IT recruiter handles IT, a sales recruiter will handle sales, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, if you're in product, get in touch with a recruiter who recruits for product. Um, but it goes, because if you get in touch with, let's say, a recruiter who's, uh, you know, just doing, let's say, sales, for example, they're not going to be able to help you immediately. Maybe what they can do is they'll refer you to their counterpart or their colleague. Um, that's what they do. But, you know, what I see is that people, uh, you know, candidates, they would send in, uh, this amazing email, you know, talking about how uh, they they want to, um, you know, what the kind of experience they've had and things like that, and that's all lost. That's just lost in translation when <laughs> just forwarding. Okay, I found somebody. Uh, so I think targeting, just having that target market very very clear. So for example, when I was in India and I want, I knew that I have to get into recruitment. 
I was reaching out to uh, people who are HR recruiters, for example. Mm -hmm. Reaching out to uh, recruiters in general, talking to them about, hey, do you have an internal, um, uh, internal vacancy at your company? Things like that. So very, very specific, um, very, very focused and targeted um, is something that I think would definitely help. Another thing could be um, pay attention to your resume because um, Canada, for example, uh, you know, if a recruiter sees a resume, which let's say has a photograph, because I know like just taking an example um, in India, it's perfectly okay for you to include a photograph, for you to include your age, uh, your date of birth, your passport details, things like that. So. Mm-hmm. If, if that is the kind of resume that, uh, that comes through, it's, not, see, at the end of the day, it's not the recruiter who's giving you the job. It's somebody else, right? They're going to yeah. form a profile to somebody else, to the hiring manager. And the hiring manager, they get an impression that this person may not be ready uh, as yet, you know, to kind of, uh, they're mentally not ready, probably, you know, because their resume, it just gives a feel to it. You know, yeah. there's, if there's a photograph and, and things like that. So just paying attention to what the Canadian standards of resume are uh, is very important as well. Yeah, and actually this speaks to a lot of, you know, the one thing that we hear from people is the feedback they get from recruiters or hiring managers, they don't have Canadian experience. Uh, and actually this is one of the ways that you can tell you don't have Canadian experience because you don't understand the Canadian market because you're not, and I like the way you put it, you're not, complying to the Canadian standards of recruiting here. So, because I know it's actually illegal in, in, in certain industry, actually, yes. I think it's illegal across the it board. <laughs> to, to provide your age, your sex, your, yes. uh, your personal information, like your passport information, like that, just, that's illegal. You don't put that kind of thing, you don't put those type of things on your resume, because it's, exactly. it's, against, it's against the law, even yes. to put your age, right? Right. Yeah, against the law, and and the thing is that let's say even if the hiring manager, uh, you know, hires somebody like that tomorrow, somebody could say, oh, you know what, you, you knew uh, the the sex of the person, or you knew the age of the person, uh, which is why, or, or maybe the person just looked looked good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to hire them, so it just nobody wants to get into that, you know. Yeah, every company wants to steer as clear as possible from all of that, so. They're not going to take a chance on that at all. Yeah, so that's so that's so that's great. So customizing your resume, and you you even mentioned in the first half how you spent quite a bit of time digging in and understanding how to do that. So that's that's fantastic. So outside of you know, you know, Canadianizing or standardizing to the Canadian market, the resume. What else would you recommend to a newcomer who you know who's looking for? Uh, a job here outside of the recruiter and how you talked about going specific and I know and, and this is this is pretty it's an interesting concept for people to really niche in on what they do so what what other tip could you give to a newcomer as a recruiter and then as a newcomer yourself on things that you should be doing so you can become, become successful quickly yeah I think that um, something that I faced myself was that there are a lot of people out there we're going to tell you that, you know, survival jobs are the only way. Um, I, I know that, you know, one week after I landed, I had people who uh, I met here uh, who told me that, you know, you need to take a survival job and things like that. 
do not do that for sure. Know your worth. If you've come to a you know if you've come to a better country for a better life or whatever it is, um, do not let anybody make you lose faith in yourself. That's mm-hmm. definitely the thing. Um, and 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 uh, basically, you need to treat the search for a job like a job itself. You need to have. So let's say you're sitting on a Monday today. You need to have your next week planned. Uh, okay, I'm giving. I have I have interviews on Monday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, whatever it is. You need to have um, like a complete schedule for yourself. You need to dedicate that kind of time, and you need to do your research uh, beforehand. I would also say that when you're networking, so LinkedIn. Um, I think the power of LinkedIn is is immense. Um, when you're, like I said, you know, you're reaching out to uh, to recruiters who are specific to your industry. Also, networking. I think that is so important because it's. Um, I think the impact you would have if you just go and talk to somebody about, you know, uh, I'd like some insights or I just like to connect uh, is way more than I'd like a job. Yes, no, I, I'm with you 100%. And, and this is always interesting because I find, and actually we, you know, myself and my, my partner, Connell, we get tons of emails from people saying, here's my resume, look yes. at it and tell me what's wrong or look at it and give me a job. And exactly. <laughs> say, wait a minute, I don't even know you. Exactly. And I, so, and, and I, so this isn't, this is a global phenomenon. So this isn't specific to any particular culture. But going in, and I, and, I, and I know here in North America, when people do that, you go in for the ask, before you, you start building a relationship with them, it's going to be detrimental. In most cases, your resume is going to end up in a trash bin, a virtual trash bin, because yeah. you're going in and you're asking for something really important when you think about it, right? Yeah. So, so you talked about LinkedIn. So, and I know you talked about going in and just finding information. And I know one of the one of the things that our candidates sometimes get nervous about, especially coming from South Asian countries where hierarchical is very important, right? So you only talk to your manager, but you don't talk to your manager's manager. So how did you get past the part of having enough confidence? Not that I think you have a confidence issue, but how did you feel comfortable speaking to various people at at various levels? So uh, a couple of things that I used to do, uh, you know, was that basically, like I said, you know, I would start networking and be like, you know, um, I'm coming, I'm a newcomer to the country. I'd love to just chat with you sometime just to get a better insight, not ask for a job for sure. Mm. Um, Secondly, it was awesome if you were networking at certain events, um, you know, just meeting that person, uh, you know, and just sharing your name and number uh, and then later on, as a follow-up, adding them on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what you could do is, as you're expanding your network and you're kind of connected with these people, uh, you know, at least with a one-line or two-line, you shared a couple of, you've had a conversation, let's say, um, you'd always notice that when you're on LinkedIn and when you're applying for a job, you'll see um, contact the job poster and you'd see something like ask, for, uh, ask to be recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could that could really help a lot, where you could just ask for um, if that person is already in your in your network, um, asking for a recommendation. And chances are that if this person has connected with you, has had even a short conversation with you, 
uh, just has gotten to know you without you know having that thing in their mind that okay they need something from me chances are they're going to be definitely you know they'll, they'll put in a word they'll say okay fine you know sure why not i'll recommend this person things like that um i think the thing about linkedin is that it makes connecting with people at all levels so easy uh, there is no hierarchy as such anymore that you know you just have to reach out to let's say you know one particular person and the ones beyond that are like unreachable or in this covered behind this mysterious cloud you can see everybody uh you know from a company from the top uh you know from the ceos right to you know the hiring managers to uh to the supervisors whatever it is mm. so it's so it's made it so much easier to connect with these people yeah and i think you know what people need to recognize as well you know, in, in certain cases, not everybody's going to respond to you. It doesn't matter their level. Uh, but if you initiate a conversation, and it's been interesting because I, you know, I personally met, reached out to people at various levels in, in different organizations to have conversations. And if you make that initial connection and you make that initial, and you customize what you're putting in the request. So if you're taking something from their profile to generate a piece of conversation, Oh yeah, that's when uh, that's when you're you know you're gonna have a more successful conversation. So you mm -hmm. know don't just go in blank and just say hey let's connect and then you see a job offering and this is the one thing I want to caution people on because I get this quite a bit where they'll see that one of my connections or I'm a connection to a job and they're asking me for a referral without even engaging me in a conversation yet. Right. So. Don't, you know, don't ask for referrals unless you're having some sort of conversation with the person already. Or, yeah. you know, right even, and I, what I like about LinkedIn is the messaging part. Because if you're connected, you can send unlimited messages to people and you can generate conversation that way. Hey, I see a posting in your organization. Would it be okay if you made a reference or referral for me based on what you know about me already? So this is fantastic. So you gave us some really good insight, especially on the LinkedIn part. Because I know one of the feedback we get all the time is, you know, but, you know, I don't feel comfortable speaking to people at, you know, VP director level or senior VP or even CEO level. And I find mm -hmm. what we have here in North America, not just Canada, but North America in general, if somebody's there, they're in a public view and they're active, there's a good chance they're going to be open to just having conversation with you. So absolutely. It's a and fantastic tip. And, and another thing on LinkedIn is that, you know, just putting out that kind of content. Um, if, you're, if you're an industry expert, let's say in technology or whatever it is, put out that content, you know, there's your connections are going to see you. You're going to see that, you know, you know what you're talking about. And chances are that they're going to respect you for that and they're going to be more than happy to you know, land you, help you land that, uh, that perfect job. So, yeah. Okay, so when you're talking about content, and I don't, I, I don't want to kill the LinkedIn point here, but when you're talking about content, are you talking about posts or are you talking about writing articles for LinkedIn? So, writing, so for example, when, uh, when I started my search, that's how the HR blogger in me woke up, right? <laughs> so, um, I started putting out um, a lot of content uh, over HR, and one of the major reasons was, you know, because I wanted... Um, when you're coming to a new country, it's like you're starting from scratch. You may have proved yourself 
back home, but nobody knows anything about you here. Mm-hmm. So one of the major things that um, my focus was, was of course, connecting with the right people, having that kind of visibility, and then kind of, you know, putting out content, which is relevant, which, which shows to them, okay, you know, she knows what she's talking about. Uh, it's basically marketing yourself in, in simple language. You know, it's just marketing, how you're branding and how you're marketing yourself. Yeah, and I like that you talked about blogging and writing even within LinkedIn because I think this yeah. is so this is what I like about the platform. You can yes. show people your expertise by writing content around it. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't shy away and, you know, I know it takes a little bit of time, but you think about the time that you spend looking for work. If if you're still back, you know, if you're still back in your country and you're thinking about making the move and you're showing your expertise before you leave, it's going to make it so much easier when you land and people say, hey, so what are you about? What kind of information do you have? Because we know, and actually you know this too, as recruiters, you know, recruiters are looking at LinkedIn outside of the resume. It's the second most viewed profile on a person, right? And it's a, it's a missed opportunity if you, don't, if you don't create good content within your LinkedIn profile to show people your expertise. So that's yeah. great. That's a great tip in, in terms of, showing your expertise and you know, I don't know about other countries but I know in North America personal branding is a big buzzword right now right. and creating content that shows your expertise is personal branding so making sure that uh, and this is how I found you and you know people talk about you know people ask me sometimes how do you find guests for your podcast well LinkedIn is my single biggest resource <laughs> and, I, and I go through people's content and information and that's how I find people for the show because I want to find people that are relevant to the market that we're speaking to. So, so yeah. this is great. Uh, so, Signita, if people wanted to reach out to you and get more information about you, where could they go? Um, I think the easiest and the best place you can reach me is on LinkedIn. Uh, that's where you'll find me. Just type that in. And, uh, and I'm more than happy to connect with, uh, connect with people and, um, and help them in whatever way I can. Excellent. So what I will do to make it easier for everybody, I'll also include Signita's um, link in the show notes so you can go straight from there. Just remember when you do reach out to her to customize your message, let her know where you learned about her so she knows the source. And this is a great way to generate conversation. It's a great way to get started in terms of an introduction. So thank you, Signita, for, for being on the show. You've given us some very valuable insight. I know both as a newcomer and as a recruiter, which is a very unique perspective. And uh, thank you for being on the show and and sharing your insights with everybody. Thank you so much, John. It's been a pleasure. Well, everybody, that is it for this week's episode of the Zero to Hired podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Zero to Hired podcast. Make sure you check out our website, www.zerotohired.com and download your free resume template that's proven to get results, complete with examples and guidelines. Make sure you tune in as we interview leading industry experts who provide tips and strategies to help you get the career that's right for you.